So please, Avengers, don't sue us. We don't have money. <laughs> that stoners will be stoned. And then the car just floors it, and it's just... It gets, like, the hell out of there real fast. It crosses like a medium. Remember how I explained there's a difference between, oh, haunted house scream, and a, I am about to die scream? Well, I believe that this is more of a, I'm about to die scream. Michael kicks the door, the driver's side door open, hits the gun. She flips it around and blows her own brains out. I'm like, are you kidding me? No problem, Ryan Reynolds. Anything for you. Empowering herself with the power of penis, Yes, yes, it's very weird. If you are in a haunted house that has the walls covered with oil, that should be a red sign. This is a haunted house, not a goddamn O'Reilly's Auto Parts. This can only be one of two things. It's either a video game world, kind of like GTA, or it's Detroit. Yeah, when you turn on the serial killer that you were interviewing for your news reporting TV show, yeah, you're kind of fucked. Okay, yes, I do. But, you know, we're still good. I, it just means we've got a... Another tardy. No, we're good. Another tardy? Huh, this sounds like a Tyler's Thursday Takes episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tyler's Thursday Takes. And today, it is actually on a Thursday, because I'm getting ahead of schedule for once in my life. In case... You did not read the title, and you just listened blindly, as you always should to every episode that I ever produce. Today, we are going to be reviewing the 2020 movie, Unhinged. It is an R-rated movie. It lasts an hour and 30 minutes long. It has a 6 out of 10 rating on IMDb, and it hosts stars... Such as Russell Crowe, Karen Pistorius, Gabriel Bateman, Jimmy Simpson, and a bunch of other people. But it's got Russell Crowe in it. Everybody knows Russell Crowe and fighting around the world. If you know that, then major props to you because you are definitely cool. But, like I said, today we are reviewing the 2020 movie Unhinged. I have seen a lot about this on TikTok and my girlfriend future wife suggested it to me because she thought it would be funny for me to review. So, without looking too much in to what this movie could be about, I watched a trailer and it just seems like the whole story is about somebody who just one day snaps. So, it's supposed to be a movie about how this can happen to any of us and you never really truly know because somebody could just one day lose it. And speaking of losing it, immediately into this movie, you see Russell Crowe sitting in his car, just kind of contemplating stuff. You notice he has a wedding band on, so obviously he is married. And he's sitting in this truck and it's completely pouring down rain, just absolutely just drenching everything. And as he's sitting there, he starts looking at this house, and you presume it to be his house. And he gets out of his car, puts his jacket off, puts it in the car, and then out of the back seat, he grabs what all of us grab whenever we finally make it home from a hard days of work. 
a gas can and a hammer. <laughs> and he proceeds to take said gas can and a hammer, go up to the front door of this establishment, and start knocking on the door very nicely with the hammer. <laughs> and of course this wakes up the occupants, only to find that they come running downstairs, and the first thing he does is just smacks the man with the hammer, and he's the first one to go, and you don't see the second one, but I don't think the girl does too much better in the same exact scenario. Oh man, and just like that, we are already up to two in our death counter. The man and the woman. We still don't know who these people are, which is good because it's not just throwing it in our face. We can assume that it's his wife, maybe she was cheating or something like that, but he ends up lighting the house on fire, driving away, and the house literally just explodes because action movie. And then it goes through this title sequence of basically having CCTV footage of a lot of different, you know, kind of, like, road rage and people getting angry and just all-around violence. And so it's kind of setting up the movie to be, like, anybody can snap, like I said about the trailer. Like, this is not, oh, like, a, a serial killer who's just going to come out of the woodwork and start stabbing people or a ghost or anything like this. This is just somebody... And I can't remember where I heard this line from, but it's something that I think about a lot. It goes, most people are just a couple bad days away from doing something terrible, whether that's to themselves, to somebody else. And it seems like that's what this movie is going to all be about. Just at some point, somebody's going to snap and that's all it takes. It's just a few bad days. And so now we go to this woman who wakes up on her couch and she gets a call apparently she's in a custody battle and they're trying to take the house and she seems like she has none of her life together Rachel you're the one that said that we couldn't stay at mom's you need to sell it and you know that okay can't afford to pay for her care and you really can't either huh that's fucking rich because in the phone call right before this where she was talking to her attorney where her husband or ex is trying to take the house, the attorney's like, you worked for that house. He can't just take that from you. Yeah, she worked into her mother having Alzheimer's. I'm like, what? No, this is bullshit. You're already propping this lady up like she's doing something on her own, when really, she's just stumbling into life at this point. Oh, dear Christ, so now she's taking her son to school, and this lady drives like my fucking stepmother, which makes me want to pray to God every time I get in the vehicle, because they're just in and out. Like, I just expect eventually, one of these days, I'm just gonna die, <laughs> because this is, you can tell where this is already starting to go. It's Dad. Can I please talk to him? Hey, Dad. Man. Uncle Freddy and I invented a new Fortnite strategy. You want to hear it? Uh, not a good time. Maybe later, okay? Okay. You got the tickets for the game tour? <sighs> yeah, look, about the game, um, my schedule kind of got messed up. And 
my boss needs me to go out of town tomorrow. First off, Fortnite, I wanted to hear them strats. I can't get Vic Rollies. Please help me, child. <laughs> Second off, ouch, right in the divorced parents' feels. That one hits home. Nothing shouts louder than a, hey, do we still have plans? Yeah, sorry about that. Thanks, came up. Like, that never really happened to me too much. But coming from divorced parents, it happens. <laughs> And then they proceed to, once again, have an argument, the mother and the dad, kind of over the phone with the son in the middle, which you should always do in a divorced parent situation. Ah, and so it turns out her job is a hairstylist, but she goes to clients' houses, and it appears that she, once again, has none of her shit together, and so she just gets fired whilst being stuck in traffic because she's like, I might be 15, 20 minutes late because, you know, it's fine to be late to your job, but... She gonna go kick the can down the street, I guess. So as, and so as she is now driving through traffic in her evil Knievel, the same exact way that my stepmom decides to drive through traffic, she pulls up behind this big old truck, like one of those raised up trucks, and she lays on her horn, you know, like the pain in the ass who just lays on the horn at the first chance and just completely starts being an absolute pain in the ass about it. And so now she pulls around and she gets, she pulls around the truck and she goes straight and then the next light's red and the truck pulls up right next to her and he's not mad at her at first. He has the sun roll down the window and he's like, you know, boy, do you know what a courtesy tap is? And he shows her, goes, beep, beep. It's like, that's it. I'm pretty sure that's all that your mom meant to do right there. Isn't that right, miss? She's like, roll up your window. And he's like, I can't because your car's a piece of shit, mom. And she's like. No, you were sitting there at the line, and you should have gone. Because she's a bitch. And he's like, well, I'm sorry. I must have just been zoned out back there, and I've just been having a bad couple of days right now. And she's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be driving. <laughs> you know, maybe you shouldn't be on the road. People who have a bad day shouldn't be on the road, you know. Just, why are you doing that? And, oh my God, by the end of this conversation, I have never rooted for who is supposed to be the main antagonist of this more than I have just ooh it fills my body with I can't wait for it I don't even think you really know what a bad day is but you're gonna find out you hear me miss you're gonna fucking learn ooh ooh Russell Crowe he goes I don't think you know what you got in a bad day is, but you gonna learn. You gonna fucking learn. Well, let's go. I cannot wait for him to just absolutely just pow, pow, just oh man, I can't wait for it because she is going to get, in his words, exactly what she deserves because she just does not know how to be a decent human being. <laughs> oh man, and now he starts doing stuff where. He pulls in front of her, brake checks her, and she's getting ready to turn left and go a different direction. He turns right in the middle of the road and just sits there and stares at her, just like right in the middle of the road. Like he, oh man, this is this is about to be a life-changing experience. We play duos and glide down to a place you're really familiar with, like Retail Row. And then one of you distracts an enemy while the other speeds a golf cart out from a hiding place and crashes into them. That, that's your Fortnite strat? 
Yo, I'm sorry, kid, but that strat is terrible. Fucking a, a golf cart? Like, who? Who? You ain't cranking 90s? You're not building five stars? Dude, get in a fucking golf cart? No, sit down. Sit down in your place in 25th every game, all right? In duos. Yeah, sit down, kid. You're not good. Trash. Hot dog water. And so now, after that whole altercation, she drops her kid off at school and stops by the gas station to get gas and buy lottery tickets because why save money when I can waste it on trying to win the lottery when she sees that his truck's behind her. And of course, she seems freaked out. And so the cashier's like, do you know him? And she's like, no, I I, I think he's following me. But she kind of, you know, just so happens to conveniently leave some things out. No, we... We kind of exchanged words at an intersection. And I honked my horn at him, and now he's... He's road raging. You could say that. I mean, you could also say that, like, he was very nice and cordial to begin with, and all I had to do was apologize, but instead I wanted to be a massive bitch. It was like, I have nothing to apologize for. All I did was honk at you and drive in front of you and completely disobey all road laws because <laughs> you weren't going. But unfortunately, in this gas station, there is a guy who decides to be Mr. White Knight, and instead of calling the cops, he's like, oh, it'll take all day. He's like, I'll just go get his license plate, T, P, 11, X, whatever, and I'll make sure he doesn't follow you. And because he was being a white knight, he he gets caught in the crossfire. <laughs> So make that death number three for Mr. White Knight. And when I tell you the CGI on this was so bad, he looked like just an animated, you know, phone app where it shows the explosions and crap like that, where it's just superimposed on top of it. He doesn't even react how you would, because he gets thrown into the street by being on the hood of the truck. And he gets thrown into the street and he starts getting up and he looks straight forward in like a, I guess, on all fours position. And a car hits him right in the face. So... And instead of being, like, crushed, he just kind of, you see him in the background just kind of hop back. Like, I'm a, I've am i never seen somebody get creamed by a car like that, but I'm almost a 100% certain that's not what would happen. I wouldn't just be like, oh, car accident. And also, just a massive, like, good job on being able to hide the Ford logo every time in this, because he has a crossbar that completely covers it, so <laughs> good job producers who didn't want Ford to be associated with the guy who just snapped one day and so now basically they go on this small little chase throughout these these roads that are somehow no longer traffic jammed and he basically shows that he took her phone I guess while she was in the gas station because her car doesn't lock because it's garbage again and she proceeds to drive away from him and the way to do that is driving down a one-way street in which she makes another car crash and she just drives away like nothing happened <laughs> and she takes no responsibility the one plus side is there's this lady in the middle of the street she's like fuck you bitch learn how to drive and yeah maybe she just should and none of this would have ever happened and so now andy is waiting for for rachel to show up at the diner so they can go over the divorce plans but since tom or russell crow <laughs> now has the phone he already knows about this, and he knows a lot about her. He knows that she's going through a divorce, much like how 
he and his wife kind of are no longer in a relationship. So he immediately starts seeing himself as the dad in this situation. How the dad's trying to get a job and he's trying to provide, which the dad is also kind of fucking, the dad's not perfect. But he puts himself in this and he just sees the mom as, you know, somebody who's just falling out of love and trying to be with other men and trying to take everything that he can and take his son. And so he takes that personally. And because of that, Andy doesn't have a very good time at this diner. Hey, Rachel, you knew this was going to be the very last time you could ever talk to your lifelong friend, Andy. What would you say? Wait, no, wait. What? What would you say? Rachel. Andy? Hey, what's happening? What's happening? That was a wasted opportunity. So I'm pretty sure you can infer from that what happened, but don't take my word for it. Take Russell Crowe's word for it. He's already dead. So yeah, tally up four for Andy, the <laughs> scumbag divorce lawyer. So we are now up to four, and you can tell he's kind of fucking definitely off his rocker now. But, hey, I mean, I don't like the ladies, so more power to them. <laughs> Man, I'm sorry if this just makes me sound like an absolute douche, but this dude is awesome. <laughs> he just straight up, he calls her, he's like, hey, you see, I got your phone here. Uh, should I go give Kyle a visit, her son? She's like, that, that, that's not my son. And he's like, hey, dumb bitch, I have your phone. Every picture in here is of you and him. You really think that you're going to... Uh, fool me, I have all of your shit. And he's like, should I go get Richard, your ex-husband? And he just starts going off a list. And I'm like, dude, this dude is just... <laughs> and he's like, you know what else I can do? Why don't I just go ahead and just, you know, go ahead and send all of your money in your banking and your savings to Richard since you're trying to take all of his stuff. Why not? Just fuck all that. And I'm like, dude, this guy is... If you ever deal with people who are just absolute douches and absolutely terrible people, like, he is the extreme of that. Like, yeah, he is extra, and he is definite, like, this is definitely psychotic. But, good lord, if I, if, I'd be lying if I say that <laughs> I, I'm not taking some sort of entertainment out of this. I think it's fucking hilarious. Oh, shit. Tom Cooper, I'm just gonna call him Tom Cooper, it's probably a fake name, but Tom Cooper pulled the old deep fake, he's like, who should I go kill now? Tell me, Rachel, who should I go kill? And she's like, Deborah, she fired me. And he's like, okay, so you want me to go kill the person that fired you? Somebody who wronged you, because that would, <laughs> she'd be fine with that. And of course, Rachel thinks she's so smart, she sends the police to go to Deborah's house so they can catch him from trying to kill her when Tom pulled the deep fake and actually shows up to her house where her brother and her brother's girlfriend are and of course the brother hears something rustling around and he looks outside and he sees a big old lifted truck outside to where he goes up and finds that Tom Cooper is now beating up his girlfriend and is now holding her and he's like please just let my girlfriend go and he goes of course I'll let her go. And so, he does. He's... oh well. Oh. 
So it is now numero number five, Fred's girlfriend. So basically, what happens is he's holding her by the shoulders and everything, and Fred's got a knife out in front of him. And because, of course, somebody is beating up his girlfriend, and so he goes, yeah, I'll let go of her. And he shoves her into the knife, and the, trust me, there's, there's no way she's coming back now. And so the very next thing that shows up is Rachel goes to her kid's school because, of course, she wants to protect her kid and make sure everything's fine. When she gets a picture on the phone, and it's Tom next to a tied-up and what seems to be almost unconscious Fred. So... I'm sorry, not only so far is this lady the most unsympathetic character so far, she is also the fucking stupidest character so far. So, as I just said, Tom Cooper and or Russell Crowe, or the man, who knows, he could be anybody right now, he has taken Fred, her brother, hostage, and basically is threatening to kill him if she doesn't get her son out of school and get as far away from there within the next three minutes so what does she do rushes into the school demands as she gets her son out because this man's going to kill her brother and proceeds to drive away how mentally fucking stupid do you need to possibly be to think that this is the best option you can do why is it the first thing that goes into your mind is to do what the guy who already seems like he's insane, why does it seem like it's a great idea to do what he does? First off, there's no guarantee he's going to let your brother live. Second off, you just proved that you don't give a shit about your son. Look, if you have to make a choice and it's your brother or your son you stay with your son inside of that school and you keep him safe because now you are in danger, your son is in danger, and your brother was already in danger. And there's no guarantee that he's going to let your brother live. <laughs> he never said anything about letting him live. And you could tell the cops he's at your house because obviously he's doing something and the cops can probably, should probably be able to get there within 10 minutes. Like, I'm sure you don't live too far away from the school. You live in the school district. I'm sure you're not driving away to go to private school because you can't afford shit. So, obviously, there's no way you're that far away. So, I'm so glad that you decided to take this big brain moment and not only fuck yourself, but fuck your son as well. So, congratulations, Rachel. You're a dumbass. So remember that thing that I said about there's no guarantee that your brother will even still be guaranteed to not be killed. <laughs> well, guess who's got a big brain? Fuck you. So as you can most likely tell from that audio, there were gunshots in there, but Tom Cooper doesn't have a gun. That's because the cops found him. And as there was this little standoff with Tom Cooper, this mountain of a man hiding behind the skinniest person that I've ever seen in a movie, he sets him on fire and pushes him towards the cop. And the cop actually gets a couple shots off and manages to hit him in the shoulder, which 
you're supposed to aim for center mass, and there was a lot of center mass there, but he hits him in the shoulder. So I'm going to go ahead and chalk up number six to Fred, because I am almost certain that Fred is gone. Fred has been turned into a Fred Cabal. <laughs> he was doused in lighter fluid. There's no way he's coming back from that. So now, not only is your brother dead, you have now sufficiently taken your son out of the only protection that he had. And so after this, he ends up calling her back, and she's like, what if it could be the cops? And she answers the phone, and he's like, I told you fucking this is gonna happen. <laughs> and he's like, now let's talk about how I'm going to kill your son because you're an idiot. And she's like, fuck you. She throws the phone down, and so now is when I expect for the theoretical and actual shit to hit the fan holy shit she actually has a decent idea as she tells her son the police station we should go to the police station like holy fuck she it, it took her this long to figure it out oh my god you're fucking shitting me so they realize he can't track them unless her tablet is in there because she can pull up the find my phone app and that's how he's now tracking them, because he's tracking the tablet. And the son has the brilliant idea of, why don't I just throw the tablet out? And she goes, <gasps> no, keep it, so that we can know where he is now. Like, you absolute fucking imbecile, because now he knows where you are. And now they're going to try to get the attention of a police officer, because he's taken Rosie's car because at the back it says Rosie won. And so now he's ditched the big old truck for a minivan. And we'll, you know, if they're trying to get a hold of a police officer, it, it's not going to go well. Because uh, I'm just getting ready to add another person to the list at this point. And holy shit was I right, because Tom Cooper managed to pit maneuver this police car, and then this police car got absolutely creamed by a cement mixer. Like, it... Again, I don't think that this is how physics works. Like, I know I'm probably nitpicking, but everything in this just to be, seems to be a very cinematic portrayal of these things. And I noticed there's not a whole lot of blood i'd like i know you probably wouldn't be able to see a whole lot but it seems i don't know because he hits the car and i would think that it would basically like plow it in front and maybe push it over but no it like monster trucks it and just completely disintegrates the area that it drives through so maybe i just need to look up car crashes but i'm almost a hundred percent certain that if a cement mixer hits a car going full force especially like a sedan car like a cop car i feel like it would just hit it and push it out of the way i don't think it would just completely obliterate the car like it had just gotten smushed by a monster truck she then somehow decides to call 911 to try to tell them hey there he's right behind us and they're like there's been a nine car pile up we need to deal with that instead and she's like well he's following me which, at the same time, how is this tablet able to call? Like, I understand it having cellular service, but it's not a cell phone. So how, like, can you call the cops on a tablet? I really don't think so. 
And again, she decides not to go to the police station. She is going to her mom's senior facility living because of her son's stupid Fortnite strat. Because they're like, go someplace you know so you can be familiar with your surroundings, but oh my god, I'm gonna just, my head is just killing me at this point. Oh, just like, why? So as you can tell, that sounds like a car crash. Well, that's because there's this lady doing makeup. And for no reason, Tom Cooper decides to ram the back of it, the back of her car. And she, like, slams her head into the back of her car and proceeds to run straight into a median. For no reason. And so, she is now number eight. Because our friendly cop man was number seven. I don't know if anybody else died in the pileup, but maybe. So she is number eight now. Because I feel like the director just knows somebody who does their makeup like this and keeps telling them, you shouldn't do that, it's dangerous. And he put this in here just so he could be like, see, look what can happen. What if a psychotic man is chasing you, not even you, chasing a girl who honked at him and broke street laws and he runs into the back, you, you would never know, and you could be dead. So her and her son have finally made it to the senior assisted living facility, which, yeah, they can't be tracked by the device anymore, but it's not like you have a distinguishable red beat-up car that's kind of a piece of hunk of junk that can be spotted out a mile away. Oh, wait, I, I, I guess you do, kind of, so all he has to do is drive around and hope you don't leave or he could just post up by the exit <laughs> unless there's another exit but all he's got to do is look for your car and he'll still find you just as easily holy christ so this movie only proceeds to get worse as it goes on apparently because instead of like this is what i would have done if i'm trying to protect my son i would drop him off at my mother's house have him activate the silent alarm and have him hide. And then, since he knows what my car looks like, I would take it and drive out and go to the police station and have him follow me. Instead, she comes up with a master plan of I'm going to park the red car where he can clearly see it. So since he can clearly see it, I am then going to get in what I presume to be my mother's car. And drive that into the minivan, which apparently the front of this car has like a flip shield on it because it hits this minivan and immediately flips it over. Like just completely. I don't think this is how physics works. I will do my research once I'm done watching this video or watching this movie and I will look up car crashes and see what happens. But I don't. <laughs> It's just not making sense to me. And so after she flips this car, and after getting completely blindsided, Tom is completely fine. He gets out, and he tells her, You're an idiot, and every time you look at your boy, every time you think of your boy, you're going to see my face and think of what I did to him. And he proceeds to like punch her in the face and kind of knock her around, and he's like, 
Well, that wasn't difficult, and now he proceeds to try to go kill the child. Oh, and so, apparently now, the cops are no longer concerned with the 15-car pileup and are more concerned with sending all known units to this old senior facility living. There are three cop carts flying through immediately. And not only that, the man, Tom, is now downstairs pretending to be a police officer. And he's saying, come on, boy. And he's, like, thinking about it. But he knows what he sounds like, and yet he's still thinking about it. Like, it could possibly be the cops. And he proceeds to then knock stuff over. So I could see how he is just like his mother. <laughs> they are both very, very not good in crisis situations. But thankfully, the cops are now on their way to help what is they think most likely is a fallen senior citizen. So now the mom somehow managed to sneak into this hidey hole in the attic that doesn't seem to be another way into. So she manages to make it in there. And of course it scares the son, which alerts Tom to where they are, which proceeds to start this massive struggle in which Tom kind of takes complete control of the both of them because he is a massive dude and proceeds to try to strangle Kyle. Huh. But thankfully, she has her candy cane scissors in her pocket that she made sure to take out of her bag. And what is she going to do with these candy cane scissors? Here's your fucking courtesy tap! <laughs> Am I supposed to be happy? Am I supposed to be like, yeah, you go. It, Because I'm not feeling any of that. Like, in my personal opinion, the best way this could have ended was... <laughs> she just gets, like, the cops called on her. And she gets... Even if this man has to go psycho, he can kill the lawyer. He can kill the brother. He can kill the girlfriend. He can kill her for all I care, and then he could take Kyle out and go to get ice cream. I would have wished that Kyle could have just, like, not been emotionally scarred, but he was trying to teach her a lesson, and I feel no gratification from the fact that she kills him. I feel absolutely nothing. Watching her overcome him and kick the scissors into his eye and this whole, here's your generosity tap, I feel nothing. Because, once again, you have managed to make a female lead that nobody gives a shit about. You know, you can make a character who has character flaws. They can be a very irritating person. They could be somebody you don't want to be around. But when you, off the bat, make them into somebody who just seems to have anger issues and can't put aside her own ego or <laughs> I guess her own bitchiness. I don't know really how else to put it to just kind of go, Oh, look, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I realize I overreacted and call it a day, but she, no, she <laughs> proceeds to just make so many dumb decisions. She's, not a sympathetical character. I feel nothing for this woman. I feel nothing over the fact that she overcame her trouble, her troubles. And I feel 
absolutely no different for it. Even after she has now added Tom or Russell Crowe or Man, whatever they want to call him, after she has added him to the death list of nine now. But we'll see if this movie has anything else left for us or if that's the end of it. Well, it appears that we have a slight adjustment to make to our death count. Yes, that's right. We have a slight audible here at the very end of the movie. Uncle Fred's alive. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, because you too can survive being doused in lighter fluid and set on fire as long as you have a wool or a fleece blanket nearby and are just you just kind of have it thrown on top of you. You don't need a fire extinguisher. It's just as long as, you know, just a blanket, you can survive. So, let this be a PSA. I'll even go the whole, this is how you survive a Detroit shooting or whatever the guy on TikTok is. Remember, if you're doused in lighter fluid and get set on fire, make sure you have a nice woolen blanket around so you can stay comfy and warm while you burn to death. <laughs> no. Just because the comp had a blanket does not mean that Fred miraculously survives. What is up with the physics of this movie? None of this makes sense. And I'm just going to let this final part play out just so you can hear this because this final scene just completely infuriated me to no extent. So yeah, she is literally not even 30 minutes removed from this life-altering experience, and she almost does the same shit again. She is so not an empathetic character. I hope, I hope on the way to the hospital, she drops the kid off so he can get his fucking blizzard, and she just gets creamed by an 18-wheeler, because I do not give a shit about this lady. She is so unempathetic, she has learned nothing. She's... The only reason she didn't honk her horn is because it's one of those situations, you know, when you're sitting in high school and the guest speaker comes in and they tell you about how important your life is and how you should always reach out to others around you and you really take that to heart and for the rest of that day you start talking to people and you're like, hey, I hope that you're having a good day and maybe tomorrow you go up to one person and you're like, hey, I hope you're having a good day and then a week later you kind of forget about it and then about three weeks later you're like man tammy's a fucking bitch what the fuck's she doing tammy stop eating all my goddamn ramen you're a fucking whore and that that's that's basically the same thing for what this entire experience was that's what it is for her because obviously she's learned nothing and she's just going to go right back to it so congratulations you have made a character that nobody should give a shit about you have done absolutely nothing your character has learned nothing from their mistakes and they're going to get themselves into more trouble because they can't control themselves so congratulations so we now have to revise our death count to eight instead of nine because fred miraculously survived being set on fire while doused in lighter fluid 
because, of course, you did. But that is the end of the movie Unhinged. So now that we have finally ended the movie, let's get into the most important part of this entire podcast, the actual scoring of the review. As most of you know, we have a very basic grading system in this here podcast. We grade the plot, the acting, the cinematography. Each is worth three points. They can score anywhere from zero all the way up to three. And you might be asking yourself, but that leaves a whole extra point. That's where the bonus point comes in. So why don't we go ahead and get this show on the road. For plot, I gave it a solid 2.5. And you may be asking yourself, why 2.5? The whole reason I gave it a 2.5, in my opinion, is we all have that one moment where somebody on the road pisses us off and we just want everything bad to happen to them. That's what this movie is to me. The fact that Russell Crowe, basic, or his character Tom, goes out there and is like, I'm going to make this person's life a living hell. I am only here for it because fuck that lady. I don't give a shit about the fact that she overcame it at the end. I don't care. I don't give a shit that they survived at the end. I don't fucking care. I don't like, I don't like the mom in any way whatsoever. Like I said, I have repeatedly said that I have no sympathy for this character. So for her to be absolutely, like, tortured in every single way by Russell Crowe's character, that's a 2.5 in my book. And then we go on to the acting. The acting I thought was okay. I thought Russell Crowe did a good job, and I think the kid did a good job. I don't have the kid's name right off the bat. I can look that up real fast. The kid's name is Gabriel Bateman. I feel like Gabriel Bateman did a good job. Karen Pistorius, if she was supposed to be a bitchy pain in the ass then she fucking nailed it but I don't think that's what they were going for and so I don't factor her into this but my acting I was gonna go ahead and give it a 1.5 like I said I gave that for the whole sole fact that Russell Crowe did a good job and the fact that oh my god I already forget his name that Gabriel Bateman did a good job I feel like they did good everyone else was very so-so and then cinematography so this is what I've been talking about the entire time with the cinematography it has the budget of a good 2020 movie it has very nice shots it has very well lit areas the main issue to me and the reason that I cannot give this anything higher than what I did is the CGI I gave the cinematography at one and I'm just being generous with the one, just because it has the budget to make a good-looking movie, but the CGI just kills it. Earlier, with the White Knight, like I said, he looked very CGI'd, and he didn't seem to react the way that somebody should react by getting hit by a car from that angle. Many of the cars in this movie, at times, they look very animated, almost like they didn't want to destroy these old cars for some reason. Like, just take a car and crash it. Just don't animate it. Don't give all these unrealistic physics standards. Like, none of this makes sense. And so now, it it gets a 1 just because that CGI is so bad. And if this gets turned into a video form, 
I will definitely point it out for you. Maybe it's just me, but I, it just looks very animated and very fake to me. And now for the bonus points. The bonus points can really bring this movie back. And so for mine, I gave them a bonus point of zero. None. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> there is nothing in this movie that deserves a bonus point. I... I I was going to give it to the fact that Russell Crowe's character was just going to make this woman's life a living hell, but I realized by giving any type of bonus points for that, it would be me grading this movie higher, and I cannot in good faith do that. So I am going to just go ahead and leave it as a zero on that. So for those of you at home, if you add it up, we have the 2.5 for plot, the 1.5 for acting, that's going to bring us to a 4, and then our 1 point for cinematography, and we are going to be sitting at a 5 out of 10. Like I said, this movie, I don't like it. It's not a good movie to me. I feel like the reason it's even 5 out of 10 is because of my own personal things that I took away from it. So a lot of people probably take away the whole you know what, she was a strong woman who fought for her family and protected her son when in actuality she put all of them in danger all because of her own selfish needs. The premise that I got, the life lesson that you should leave this movie with, is be nicer to people. You don't know what somebody else is dealing with. This man had just killed his wife and her significant other because... I guess she had been cheating on him, and because of that, he's been having a real bad strand of days, and so this just pushes them over the edge. That's why the lesson that you should learn from this movie, that if you really look into it, is think about other people. Think about the days that they might be having. Don't instantly go, no, I don't need to apologize to you. There's nothing for me to apologize for. You shouldn't have been sitting at a stoplight. No, how about you sit there and think to yourself, is this necessary? What do I gain from arguing with this person? Especially over... <laughs> the man said he was sorry. He said he was distracted. People have instances like this. Not everybody is so perfect. Not everybody can just remove themselves from everything that's going. You might be able to with your shitty life, but the fact that you're going through a divorce... The fact that you have no job. The fact that you are a terrible mother. Like you have your own things going on. And some people, it hits them harder than that. But you, other people can't just wipe that away like it's nothing. So if there's one thing you need to take from this movie. I would definitely say, please, just think about other people. Think maybe they're having a bad day. And just don't be a dick. Don't be a Rachel. Just don't. And so that concludes the review portion of our movie, Unhinged, the 2020 R-rated movie starring Russell Crowe and somebody else that nobody cares about, ending with a death count of eight people. It was nine, and we had to subtract one because the modern medicine can apparently create miracles. As long as you have a woolen blanket, you're protected from everything. So thanks 
to everyone who decided to stop by and listen. Like I said, this was a movie that was suggested by my girlfriend, future wife, because she thought I would be able to make some good jokes about it, and hopefully I was able to. I feel like I made a couple good jokes about it, and I feel like this movie in a whole is a pretty good joke because of the main character. Because thank you, Hollywood. Keep making main characters that no one gives a shit about. But once again, thank you, Cheyenne, for suggesting this movie. To all of those of you who are listening, I would like to thank you for taking the time out of your day to give this a, I was going to say a short listen, but it's quite a long listen. And look, it came out on a Thursday, so congratulations. Me, I kept the quota. And before I end this off, I would like to go ahead and say a quick shout out to Anchor. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast. You are making it to where we want to push further and do more with this podcast and just see exactly how many people we can reach and how many people we can help have a better day. And I would just like to say thank you to everyone, like I said, who has stopped to listen. And remember, if you are ever driving a car like a mad woman or a mad man, you could be either, or a mad whoever you want to be, I will not judge you. But if you want to drive like an asshole, before you decide to honk at somebody and lay down the horn and piss somebody off royally, just think, maybe somebody's having a real bad day. And hopefully, you're not. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.